0: Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Around the Waves on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. This student voice of the Missouri Tigers, my name's Luca Vitale, long me, Ben Schmidt. Ben, it is our final show ever for Around the Waves. We'll get to that in the end. But I know,
1: yeah, can you believe it? Yeah, I've
0: been, let's see, yeah, my freshman year. My, yep. f- yeah, when I was well, young and not so tired.
1: Longer for you than me. You, you got the show off the ground. I came in at, at the end of that year, and it's been off and running ever since so
0: first of all I will not take credit that is not deserved to me that would be Ryan Walterman
1: that actually came
0: up with the name I will not take credit that does not belong to me having said all that uh let's sort of get going here with Mizzou football um I'm sure you and Justin really dived into this Mizzou Ohio State um Cotton Bowl matchup last week but I got to admit this is very exciting for a Mizzou football team and the fans obviously that have not been very good since the Gary Pinkle season 10 seasons ago. So it's kind of funny like how it sort of lined up with the timeline. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But if you did not hear, Mizzou actually got the Georgia State transfer running back that transferred to Mizzou today. I believe his name is Marcus Carroll, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's obviously a big upgrade at running back. Um, Etn and uh, Raheem Sanders are still out there. I don't think they're going to get either now. Now that uh, Marcus uh, Carroll is at Mizzou,
1: but we've seen weirder things. So yeah, we we all we all were big on Etn. That that probably changed now. But I still think uh, to get a running back of his caliber that ran for I want to say over a thousand yards this year. I believe yep. was the last one I saw. So um, I mean, you, I don't think anyone was too excited when when Cody Schrader showed up two seasons ago, and now he's. Going to be loved in Columbia every time he comes back after graduating. So it's like, you never know with these guys. If, if you know how to run the football, it doesn't matter what, what school you're coming from, whether it's not a known powerhouse or whether it's coming from Florida. Like, so um, I'm excited to see what they do. They obviously have plans if they were eager to go and get them. So, um, but. Back to the bowl game, though. I, it's yeah. as we get closer and closer. I'm I'm gonna be there. Justin's gonna be there. I don't think you're gonna be there, but um, it's, I'm
0: I want to go, yes. but like it's the transportation that I have to like go to St. Louis, then I gotta drive to Dallas, then I gotta go back home, then I gotta go back to St. Louis a week
1: Ooh. later. So like it's so much driving. It's much much tougher for you than it is for Justin and I. Justin being in yeah. Houston, he's still gotta drive, but he he's yeah. a more convenient drive than I. I live there now, so it's a it's a. 25-minute drive from where we are, so it's much more convenient. I understand why. Oh, that's right. You did. uh,
0: Your parents did move to Texas. That's right.
1: Yeah, it's talk about. uh, We were we were pulling hard, selfishly for the Cotton Bowl for that reason alone. So well, exciting stuff.
0: Nevertheless, have a good time, obviously, because. Who knows the next time you will get to experience something like this because Mizzou Athletics, you never know, hit or miss. But in all seriousness, number 9 Mizzou football taking on number 7 Ohio State in the New Year's Six Bowl, the Cotton Bowl. Um, It's been 10 years since the Tigers actually went to the Cotton Bowl. It'll be Mizzou's very first major bowl appearance in the college football playoff era. So I got to ask, Ben, uh, which player do you think needs to have the best game in this matchup?
1: I know this is this taking the easy way out, but I, I have to go Cody Schrader simply just looking at the matchup here because you look at Ohio State, their biggest matchups over the last couple of years. Uh, I know Georgia last in the college football playoffs was big one, a game that they probably should have won, but outside of that for the Buckeyes, it's Michigan. And where did they get absolutely gashed by Michigan the last couple of years? It was with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards on the ground. And where you kept last year, C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., you kept them off the field because you ran the ball, especially last year um, in that game with how good Corum and Donovan Edwards were um, and, and how good they continue to be this year as well. So I think when you just look at the matchup based and I know Ohio State's going to be missing some receivers. McCord already out. Um, Fleming's going to transfer as well. haven't really heard about Ibuka or Marvin Harrison Jr. yet. I think we all expect Marvin Harrison Jr. not to play. But even with that, there are still playmakers on Ohio State's offense. So, one, if you run the ball, you keep them off the field, and you don't give them a chance uh, to put up 30-plus points and make make Mizugo stride for stride with them. So that's one. Two, if you can run the football in Ohio State – it makes your passing game so much better. I think Brady Cook is a very good quarterback, but he's a significantly better quarterback when the the stacked. stacks are expecting the run, and he can get one-on-one coverage with Theo Weiss Jr. and with Luther Burden down the middle of the field. If they can't establish the run early, I think Ohio State would be very content to let Brady Cook drop back and, and work with two safeties and an extra another DB downfield, and it's double coverage, so where you can't take advantage of that. and. I think Brady Cook could, to so be it, to an extent, but certainly not to the same point that you would if Schrader is going well on the ground and you open up that passing attack. Mizzou is is a run to throw type of team, um, and when they're at their best, they are a run to throw type of team. So that's why I think Cody Schrader having the best game is so important because I think I think Luther Burden could have like a hundred yard game and, and Missouri still lose because uh, whether because Brady could turn the ball over a couple of times, something like that. But if Cody Schrader has another 150-plus yard performance, something like that, and they're keeping the football time of possession, that plays much more Missouri strengths, and I have a much more harder time picking against Missouri if that happens. So that's why I think he's just such a big key, um, because I can see other players having great games, and they still end up losing. But if Cody Schrader has a, a type of game like he did against Tennessee, if, if, that, if that type of performance happens – Mizzou can hang with almost every team in the country, and I still see no reason why that wouldn't potentially lead to a win against a depleted Ohio State Buckeye squad. So I have to go with Schrader for this one.
0: That's not a bad answer. In fact, it was my answer, but just because of that, I will take a different answer, a different approach, rather. To this question, um, you talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. I expect, just like anyone in past seasons, he will opt out. Um, Fleming, obviously, like you mentioned, he's, he's opted that He went under the transfer portal, so he won't be playing in this game. Uh, Egbuka, we have not heard anything about him yet. He's probably going to be a first-round pick, probably yeah. 23, 25-ish. I imagine he's, he's going to land.
1: He is one where I think he could benefit from playing because okay. I, I know you have the injury risk, but... He didn't have an incredible season, so if he goes out as the wide receiver one in this game and puts up great numbers against Mm -hmm. an SEC defense, against Chris Abrams-Train or Rakeshaw, I really think he would be a guy to potentially look for because he probably could only really benefit, and maybe he leaps over one of those receivers in that mid-to-late 20s range with a great performance. So I I think he's one to look out for to potentially play.
0: Okay, that's not a bad take. Uh, I know their defensive end, uh, he's definitely going to go early in the draft. Um, The the first-time all big 10-10 selection, their defensive end, who I think – Um, is very dominant on this team. He had four sacks this season with uh, six tackles for loss. Um, I do not know how to pronounce his last name. I'm not going to try to even approach his last name. Um, but what I will say is he's probably going to opt out. He hasn't officially opted out yet, but I imagine he will due to the injury risk, like you mentioned. And then uh, Denzel Burke, who I believe will also be a number one pick on that, uh, the secondary for Ohio State, I believe he will also opt out. So as we have said, I'm sure you and Justin, very em- you guys emphasized and really highlighted this point last week that Ohio State they're not going to have a full team at full strength because they're not really playing the way Mizzou is playing. Mizzou is playing for pride in this sort of thing. They want to finish off this 10-2 to two season as strong as they possibly can. Ohio State, it's a different sort of animal. And with Kyle McCord, obviously deciding to enter the transfer portal, I imagine Devin Brown, the sophomore, is going to get the uh, starting nod for Ohio State. I know he played in five games this season, and he's probably the potential replacement for Kyle McCord unless they get a transfer. So I imagine he was going to be the one that gets the start. But for my answer, since you said Cody Schrader and I 100% agree with you, Michigan absolutely dominated them on the the ground. But I got to say Brady Cook. I, I honestly think Brady Cook needs to sort of continue to show that he is the number one quarterback for this team moving forward into next season as well as the season sort of progressed he didn't play as well as we saw earlier in the season against Kansas State in Memphis that's not to say he has played bad but that's rather to say he did not play as good he's was, not a bad quarterback
1: yeah it wasn't like because there was a stretch where he was put up like 300 yards consistently Correct. for four or five I am weeks. not saying yeah. he's bad I, I get am, what you mean
0: I'm not saying he's bad I, I, I know a lot lot of people think he is bad. He, in my opinion, he's just not an elite quarterback. He's not a Jaden Daniels or a Jackson it, Dart. Yeah, So
1: the, here's here's a perfect example where you look at that. Late in the game against, like, George where they have the ball down six, mm-hmm. Yes. elite quarterback goes and wins you that game. Brady, a good quarterback, he has a turnover and you lose that game. Or even a better example, like, you have the LSU matchup. Jaden Daniels wills his team to a win. Jaden Daniels is an elite quarterback. Correct. So that's exactly what I'm talking
0: about. Now, granted, he did against Florida. He did get down the field, and he got the, and they got the field goal for Harrison Mivas. So yeah. I will give him credit for that. However, against bigger teams and bigger opponents like LSU, like you mentioned, he turned over the football with like less than a minute left in that game, and they could have won that game. And against Georgia, where they could have probably potentially also won that game. So we're talking about high tier level opponents. Florida as at least I knew going into the season, they were not going to be that good. So I know a lot of people thought they were very high on Florida. I was not one of those people. But I think Brady Cook needs to continue to show, not show, but continue to show, while he is the number one quarterback for this team moving forward, I know Luther Burton is going to probably put up over 100 receiving yards over this Ohio State defense because he's just that prolific on offense and that prolific of a player. I know Theo Weiss Jr. is going to show up in the red zone, especially Mookie Cooper against his former team. I think he wants to say of why he went to Mizzou, sort of show like he belongs in the SEC as opposed to the Big Ten. Now, granted, Ohio State is obviously one of those um Decorated programs of all time in the Big Ten, like they're known, they're just a storybook sort of career. But I'm shocked you guys did not say the Ohio State. Oh, I I'm did. About I the got the in there Ohio last State. week. Yeah, once. good. Yeah. The Ohio State. So I'm going to say Brady Cook. I just think in order for them to continue to beat Ohio State, because they're going to be very focused on Cody Schrader, I think Brady Cook is, I think, is, a, is the answer for me.
1: Yeah, this is uh, another another point about this game, and this is less fact based, more feeling based, like. Mm-hmm. You go from where the line opened at Ohio State being a basically a touchdown favorite to now where Mizzou is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, they're a right. favorite. You almost wonder if for the Ohio State players that do play, they're almost going to be like... We're the Ohio State. Like we shouldn't be underdogs to some random SEC Missouri school. Like where even is Missouri? Our our backups are better than Missouri. Start. You, know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they come in pissed off that they're underdogs. And like I said, that's not a fact-based thing. That's just kind of a field thing. I'm interested that's to fair. see if they respond that way because uh, a couple of years ago in the Rose Bowl, and this is not an apples-to-apples comparison because mm-hmm. even with all the backups that year, they still had Stroud and JSN and Marvin Harrison. So that's that's a much better Ohio State team. But like. That was still a lot of Ohio State backups playing Utah starters, and Stroud goes out and throws for five or six touchdowns, and they win the Rose Bowl. I do remember that. So it's not an exact comparison, but still, it's like they they do have these instances where they come out against Utah. Wanted that game like Missouri wants this game. Um, So it'll be interesting to see kind of kind of how things look. But um, I'm I'm excited to hear your your official prediction for this one because we've had uh, uh, we've had some some ones this year where. We've all picked against Mizzou, I think, a couple of times, and they ended up winning. Yes, winning the game. I, I, I'd be interested to go back and see, like, early in the season, like what were our predictions were for like the K State game, because I'm fairly I, confident you know, I predicted a Mizzou loss. I'm gonna
0: find the tape because I remember <clears throat> after the Middle Tennessee game,
1: we were we were low.
0: We were very low on this team. Boy, were we wrong. So, yeah. I mean, to be fair, history tells us we were right. So, <laughs> there's there's except a broken clock's right twice a day. So
1: the the, the direction they were trending after that middle tennessee state game there was every reason to believe that this that the team did not have it correct like all credit in the world because they they turned it on and they never looked back um i guess i guess the one thing i guess i i predicted an eight win season so i i think i was i was better than most because i know there were plenty of six win predictors but i'll take i'll take the eight wins and considering with the way the two losses came when you were right there with LSU and Georgia. I mean, mm-hmm. how about a season for Missouri?
0: Yeah, you know, and also I do want to mention this as well, when because uh, I'm assuming Brown is going to be taking the starting reps for Ohio State, right? Kyle McCord actually had a very good season, in my opinion. I mean, he didn't have the best stats. I mean, he threw for over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and six interceptions. But let's understand something here. Kyle McCord is not Justin Fields, and he's also not C.J. Stroud. So I think Ohio State—they that dude went 11 and one.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's totally just like the expectation level. Just when because like he's not any of those. He's not even. Dwayne Askins, how good he was that yes. one year at Ohio State. So, like, uh, I, I think just when the expectation gets up here, um, and I'm, I'm raising my hand for the people that can't see me right now, when the expectation gets high, uh, it's it's tough to meet those expectations, and especially when when people assume that he should put up gaudy numbers when he is uh, uh, the winner of the Bletnikoff throwing to him, and he's been with since high school. But I am interested to see the the big rumors of McCord and Fleming both go potentially going to Nebraska to team up there under Matt yep. Rule. I mean, like that's. That's a program that could that's could looking to be back to the dominance they used to have as a college football they team. They cannot get worse. So yeah, they can't, can't get worse. Can't, can't go worse than Scott Frost. Maybe they can go to
0: Iowa. And maybe they could score you know some ten like ten points. <sighs>
1: Thank goodness we're not Big Ten football fans. I I tuned into my fair share Iowa games this year and it was it's not why for me. why would you do I, that to yourself? I got family from there. I got some of my best friends to go there. Oh man, gambling which not illegal in Missouri but in other states. in Illinois it's illegal. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> um,
1: I you want, you want to get to predictions for yeah, this Yeah,
0: let's do that. You know, going into this game, when it was first announced, I did not know who was going to enter the transfer portal, or opt out. I had an idea Marvin Harrison was going to opt out in their defensive end. Those are the two I really thought that were going to opt out. I did not see Colin McCord entering the transfer portal. I just didn't see that. I don't know if that has anything to do with Ryan Day's job status, whether he's going to take an NFL gig or he they're going to move on from him. I do not think they should move on from him, in my opinion, even though they've lost to Michigan now three times in a row. Um but i'm going to take mizzou in this one i think it's going to be closer than people might think because ohio state yeah they may not have the names that they have you have seen all season long but ohio state is known as a very good football program historically speaking so i'm going to take mizzou in a very close one i'm going to say 34-28
1: interesting so yeah i i the only i i want to take mizzou in this one as well cuz i think they come out strong they come out hungry What we think is going to be a a relatively heavy Mizzou crowd at AT AT&T Stadium. They've got a decent alumni base there at DFW, Um, so I those things want me to pick Mizzou. The only thing I've thought about is where to go for the points for this one. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of um, Ohio State has been able to put up points against Michigan. It was 30 to 24. I kind of like a score in that range. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I was to Michigan I'm gonna go Mizzou I was looking at the block M for Michigan Missouri also with their block they're M they're wearing those right uh, I don't think it's confirmed oh, um, my, my, that's a fail they don't do that Mizzou is the road team so expect oh yeah to get, expect probably the, the white jerseys yep. and, and who knows what combo they go from there that's fair um, I think it would make sense in a bowl game to go at the block M especially yes. Ohio State's recent history with against teams <laughs> that sport block M's yep um, but back to my prediction I will take Mizzou to win this one I'll go 31-21 they get a 10 point win um Maybe they they, they score a touchdown or field goal late to make it a two-score game, but I I think Missouri wins this one. They get the Cotton Bowl victory, and it is nothing but partying in Columbia, sailing into the new year.
0: Yeah, I like that, and um, I will say this. I'm a little salty at the Mizzou Athletics, just a little bit. Why black? Why not gold? Yeah, I, I think that's a missed.
1: I, I think you that's could a do, missed
0: opportunity. You could do
1: a variety of things. I think it'd be
0: or a gold rush. I would have or, or even a bl- or stripe. A tiger tiger stripe. tiger
1: stripe would look really cool. It might be hard to coordinate all the way in Dallas because you don't know exactly. Very who's rare be out taking on the zoo athletics. Yeah, I I, I think. Uh, black was a missed opportunity, especially because I think so many Ohio State fans also wear, wear exactly. black. Exactly, so, that's what I was getting at yeah.
0: with this whole thing. I'm like, you guys really missed your opportunity with I, this one. I
1: think gold would have been yeah. would have been my pick out of out of the potential options. Yeah. I, um, for the, for a road team, white would have looked cool as well, but also Ohio State could also wear wear white and, and get away with that. So yeah, I think gold, very distinct from the Buckeyes, you would have made your presence known, especially exactly. for the fans that are buying up those tickets on the Ohio State side. You see the gold over. There, I think it would have would have been distinct to the M I Z Z O U fans. So, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I like that you brought that up. Potentially missed opportunity. You know, we'll
0: I, see. I saw it, and I'm like, even if I can't go to the game, right? Even if I can't, I know you and just you mentioned that you and just are to go. I'm happy for you guys. I'm sorry. If I was in that situation, I'm ignoring what Mizzou Athletics said, and I'm wearing my gold. Okay, I do not care. Okay. I do not care what they had to say, okay? You guys missed an opportunity,
1: okay? yeah. All, all, right. all I can say, regardless, no matter what, they're going to get my money for some cotton. They're going to
0: get the money. That's they're, fine.
1: They, I, will, I will cough up for the merch. Only, <laughs> only real bowl game I've been here as a student. So yeah, I that's will, fair. I, I mean, will,
0: take your opportunity when you
1: can. Yep, get the get the memento.
0: You're a student once. Yep. All right, uh, now I'm switching gears now to Mizzou men's basketball. You know, I have to admit, Ben... Our sophomore year is when they renewed this uh, border showdown against Kansas, right? That first year, our sophomore year, Conzo Martin was the head coach. Whew. That was bad. What was it, fifty or something? It was like they, they fifty lost by points, like forty
1: points. Kansas. Hold on, up I'm going to do the math
0: right now. I actually remember the final score. Give me one second. I'm not a mathematician, so give that's, me one second. Okay, I'm, here we go. They lost by forty-two. Okay. So they lost by 42, at least I hope I did that right. I hope I memorized the score. It was bad yep. regardless. It I, was they lost I'll, by 30 plus there. I'll give you the margin.
1: Um doing they, right. lost, they lost by 37. 37. Yes. I had 36 on the calculator, so that's w- close. W- 102 to 65. Was okay. that the score you had in your head? Y- y-
0: yeah. Y- yeah, it was around that. I knew they Kansas had over 100. I knew Mizzou had barely over 60. So We,
1: we both just proved to anyone listening why we are not math people and why we are Yes, that so was, that's that was bad on our part.
0: I, I was right. I was close. I said over 30, so I was right in that, in that situation. So 30 plus... Last year, it was better, right? Last year was better. They they still did not play we, great.
1: We always will have the Aiden Shaw dunk. That's Yes, that we was got that
0: peak. in our favor. However, this year, they only lost by nine. They were in that game, all right. I mean, there were points where I'm like, uh-oh, Kansas is going to take over this game and I'll win by, like, 20 or something, right? Nope. Tigers, uh, they went on a cold stretch at a point. It was like a 17-2 stretch for Kansas, something yep. along the lines of that.
1: 14-0 in there.
0: Yep. Yeah, 14-0 in that, and then Kansas. That's when I thought Kansas was really going to take over that game and be like, we're the Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks, we're number two in the nation. This is why this uh, rivalry has been one-sided for since 1999. I mean, unfortunately, Mizzou still has not won at Allen Fieldhouse this millennium, but that's nor here or there, but I will admit – I understand Dennis Gates and company, they do not take moral victories even when it's in December because it will not help you in March. But I'm sorry, this was a moral victory for Mizzou fans because it shows you this is the gap year between, the the, the bridge year rather, from Kobe Brown to these four-star recruits and T.O. Barrett and those sort of guys are coming in next year. I thought this was a moral victory for Mizzou.
1: Yeah, I mean, considering this is more likely than not the worst team that Dennis Gates is going to have under his watch, at least for the foreseeable future, with you think of what you think of who's coming in. I you you look at kind of the final score, I, I probably would say it feels like Missouri lost by 15 more than it feels like they lost by 9, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, um, because they got yeah.
0: destroyed on the glass. The, the
1: the stats, when you look at it, yeah, like you mentioned, the, the rebounds was was night and day difference. Um, this game was essentially Sean East and a little bit of Nick Honor on very bad efficiency, but mainly Sean East, who had 21 on 8 for 15. Um, I, I think for Missouri, it's, it's a positive sign, but you you have to then take it and, like, take advantage against Seton Hall and then potentially Illinois, right. where it's like, if you come those out... Those are and, good wins. And yes, yeah, absolutely. If you if you were to take those mm-hmm. and you, you grab those and mix in a Kansas nine-point loss, and, yeah, I think it, it looks good. If you lose those as well, then it's like, okay, who cares that you only lost by nine points if you're still losing, losing the game anyway. But I think for the most part, I... I recognize that they don't have a, a star for the most part. Sean East is definitely the guy on the team, um, but yeah. they don't have a big starter to turn to. The only the only problem is like when you look at East and Honor, they combine for 38 out of the 64 points. There's just not much to go to um, outside of those two. And when on a day like when Honor shoots five for 14, not great efficiency. Right. It's it's tough because uh, you you even look at the bench off the bench field goal wise from Missouri. There were only two bench players that made a field goal, four of them coming from Vonner, Connor Vanover, who went four for six. You look at some of the other bench pieces that saw minutes in this game. Kurt Lewis, Majac got in there for one singular minute, Carlaro, Butler, and Pierce. All those guys got in the game, especially Pierce played for eleven minutes and didn't make a shot. So it was just not a it's not a very deep roster right now. They're gonna be outsized in almost every matchup they face, so that's gonna be tough. But I think the leadership is going to help this team. I've liked what I've seen on the defensive end from Aiden Shaw. If you could just continue to develop him as an offensive player. I think they're good enough to hang around. I think they're going to win less games than last year because, like, some of the close game ones where you could get a shot from Kobe Brown or even Des Moines you don't have that this year. Correct, and um, that's the
0: main point yes. that you mentioned right there. They do not have that de facto number one on this team. Nick Honor and Noah Carter and Tamar Bates. Those guys are obviously very good players. Sean East, you could throw them in there as well. Don't get me wrong, those are good players, but they're not that number one factor that Kobe Brown was last year. You can even throw Moy Hodge in there. Congratulations on his NBA in-season tournament championship. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um... Nicholas Timberlake and K.J. Adams, in my opinion, for Kansas, when they started to really chip away at that Tiger League, I feel like, but by the way, it was sort of like like the ending of a Rocky movie, by the way, if you really thought about it, except Mizzou didn't end up on top. Um, I will admit, um, it was these years past, that would be when Mizzou would just lose every single ounce of confidence they would have and just get just get blown over. Yeah, by,
1: Nikonzo, Yeah. yeah.
0: That's not this team. They they stayed in there and that's a hard environment to play in probably the hardest environments playing college basketball. I, I mean, one could argue that. I feel like it's that's a tough and I mean I saw it on T V. That place was packed to the brim. I mean, I gotta admit, I I was very impressed what I saw because we know Kansas has some of the better players. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, the transfer from Michigan, he played really well too, just out rebounding just about anyone that was on Mizzou, but he did not honestly that have that good of a night in terms of shooting.
1: Yeah, I'll say this. I think we'll see kind of how they fare against other good teams coming up. Whether or not some of the things that Kansas didn't do was more a result of Missouri or an off night for Kansas. What I mean by that is, like at halftime, Hunter Dickinson had like two or three attempted field goals. He had barely done. He had been on the boards, but he barely done anything scoring wise. And then end of the game, where it even allowed Missouri to make this nine point game, Kansas did not hit. If they did, there was only one or two. But they really didn't make shots for the final like three or four minutes because it kind of just had the game on ice. We'll find out moving forward against other good teams whether that was Kansas took their foot off the gas and it was not peak Kansas, or if that was Missouri defense. Mm -hmm. If Missouri continues to play like this and they win some games, it's like, okay— then that was the reason. But if, like, Missouri lose Seed Hall in Illinois, then it's, I think, this nine point loss looks less in the moral victory category because then you look at it and it's just, okay, Kansas took their foot off the gas. This could have, that's why I said it felt like it could have been a 15 point loss. So, like, that's that's what I mean when I say that a couple anomalies happened in that game, like what I mentioned with Dickinson and not being stellar for really the first 20 minutes of it, um, to where it makes you think, okay, who was really the reason for this? Was it just an off night for Kansas or was it Missouri playing really well? We're going to fight find that out when they face better teams and SEC play coming up. All right, we're going to do a quick commercial break after that, some NFL content. And, yes, we will get to the
0: Chiefs. We'll be right back. Message from your hospitals. This bathroom could be the most dangerous room in the house. A lot of kids are seriously burned by scalding hot water in bathtubs. Small kids should never, ever take a bath without a grown-up watching them closely. First of all, run cold water into the tub. Then add hot water to warm it up. Kids always want to play with the faucets, and hot water on their tender skins can scald. Hot water can burn in less than three seconds. And welcome back to Around the Waves on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Luca Vitale, long-slammy Ben Schmidt. All right, so Ben, last night, you know, Sunday night football, it's that rivalry between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. It's an awesome rivalry to really watch. I don't like either team, but I watch the Cowboys and the Eagles every single season. Right? We saw the Eagles in, in in control of the number one seed in the NFC. They're at number five now with that loss last night to the Dallas Cowboys. I have to admit, last night the Philadelphia Eagles have got to be the worst ten and three team I think I have ever seen in the NFL. After last night, they got punked. Over, I mean, the defense scored more points than the offense last night, and last night just proved yet again while Jalen Hurts does not deserve to be in the MVP conversation. He didn't deserve to be in the MVP conversation at all this season yet. Dak Prescott has deserved it. He has earned more rights and opportunities to be in that MVP conversation. He's still not mine, though. I think um, uh, Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey should be above him, but it is a quarterback award now, so I think Dak Prescott will probably end up winning the MVP if he continues to play at this level. You can throw Brock Purdy in there as well in his level of play. He had a couple of bad games without Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, but he has been good Nevertheless, but Ben, I do want to ask you, does this win sort of show you that the Dallas Cowboys deserve to be a Super Bowl contender in 2023?
1: I I really think you have to put them in that conversation at this point. And I know this is a team that does this every year, but this is probably a more convincing win at any of the wins they've had over the past couple of seasons when they've also been at this point where they're like 10, 11 wins before they lose their fourth or fifth game and you can kind of point to them getting smoked by San Francisco, but that was week four or five early in the season. That was an aberration. Well, I don't even know that. I just think this Cowboys team is nowhere near the same team that it was on that night when they lost San Francisco. Like, Dak Prescott in this offense was nowhere near what it is right now. uh, Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks. Well,
0: I wonder whose fault that could be. That was Mike McCarthy's fault.
1: Well, yeah, they have they have opened up the offense. They were playing a much more conservative style of offense yep. and not letting Dak be a, a leader of the offense mm-hmm. at that point to where now he has taken full control Um, to, to where they, they use all the pass catches. At that point in the season when they lose to San Fran, it was really only C.D. Cooks and, and Ferguson not become the guys they become yet. So considering cornerback one and, and Trayvon Diggs goes down early in the season and they still... Continue to look like this on defense, especially at home, and that's a big thing. Why I think the Cowboys should be Super Bowl contenders is because mm. they play so incredibly well at AT&T Stadium. When you consider now that they're looking at the one or two seed, Philly's got to come to them, and they go got to go to Philly. And potentially, if things go right and they get another loss or two, San Francisco could have to come to them. I think that's what makes Dallas so dangerous um, now as a potential division leader. What they did to Jalen Hurts, who has not looked very good the last couple of games, the Eagles completely lucked their way into wins against the Chiefs and Bills, and it came back to bite them um, against Dallas. And even last week, I can't remember who Philly lost, lost to They lost to the week.
0: Jets, for crying out loud, this, the, the East Eagles squad. Yeah, I mean, I mean look, look, the Texans lost to the, the Jets yesterday. That was really bad. They got crushed. By Zach it's Wilson.
1: Robert his defense for you. That's yeah. that's a championship. And Zach defense. Wilson. They
0: scored 30 points. you yeah. got to give credit to Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, I'm not he, used to
1: doing that. He looked good yesterday. But, yeah, also, also the Cowboys absolutely. With Dak Prescott, the offense opening up, um, and they're going to continue to play at home. There's it's, it's like, you know it's a very well-constructed roster when they can afford... To just have like Cavante, Turpin is like a gadget mm-hmm. guy on yeah. offense that gets jet sweeps and returns kickoffs. Like they don't need that roster spot for like an every down or not even every down, but like much more consistent player where you can afford to have like a player like that that just is in for special situations. I feel like w- when your roster is that deep, you can afford to to use one of your 53 on a guy like that. Meanwhile, there's other teams around the league where they need like every spot because of injuries or um, they don't have top end talent. So Dallas, the the roster top to bottom is good. We'll see how Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott do in the playoffs, but as of right now, they have shown you, and they'll have to continue to show you because they're going to play the Bills and Dolphins next two week, but the way they are continuing to put up points, they have scored 30 or more in now five straight games, and the one they didn't where they put up 28 against the Eagles six games ago, so um, the offense is humming, Dak looks incredible, and he is in the MVP conversation, certainly at this moment.
0: Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned, you mentioned two really good points that I really want to sort of highlight. You said if they got the number one seed and how it could affect that the Super Bowl can go through Dallas. That is 100% correct. If they got that by, that would be huge for this Dallas team and they wouldn't have to play San Francisco right away because we know Dallas and San Francisco at Levi's Stadium. It's a disaster every single time. Even if it was at Jerry's World, they still think they would lose because San Francisco is the is the best team in the NFL right now. That's just the way it is. They are better defensively. They have, be, they have a better O-line. They have a better running game. And they have a better quarterback, in my opinion. Yes, I believe Brock Purdy is better than Dak Prescott when the lights shine the brightest. Okay, I'm sorry. I do. Dak Prescott has never shown me that he can show up when the lights shine the brightest. He's never been to an NFC champion game in his 10-year career, so let's let's pump the brakes on that. But I will say this, the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday were not only outplayed, but they were completely outcoached at all levels. Dan Quinn was ready to fire up those blitzes and get to Jalen Hurts as quick as possible. When Jalen Hurts faces pressure the way he did yesterday, it seems that he cannot be able to process information quicker, and we and I've noticed this the last couple of weeks there are defensive coordinators that are starting to blitz Jalen Hurts just a little bit more, and he sort of looks like a deer in headlights that time. He's not
1: good as a pocket passer recently.
0: Yeah, he may not be, and it's a little concerning if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan because they ran the ball. They ran the ball more yesterday, so I was glad DeAndre Swift got some more reps because their running game has been almost invisible the last couple of games. And DeAndre Swift is actually a very good running back. Uh, you can add Kenneth well in there, but I think DeAndre Swift is better. Um, but I will say this, I I got to admit, th- that second half, I feel like if Dallas didn't score a single touchdown in that second half, Dallas still would have won because Philadelphia was just so outplayed and so outmatched. It was not even funny how bad they were yesterday. I, Jalen Hurts, I mean, I, I know this dude, David Carr, one of the guys that said they should bench Jalen Hurts from Marcus Mariota. I think that's absolutely ridiculous to even think about them. Marcus Mariota is a journeyman for a reason. He is not a franchise quarterback. Okay, Jalen Hurts is. He has been to the Super Bowl. He has not won an MVP. He should have won it last year if it weren't for the injuries. But I have to admit, this year, I don't know why he is even in the conversation. Jalen Hurts has shown these past two games that he really does not deserve to be in that conversation. Now, that doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. That doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. He is a good quarterback, but he's just in playing very, very bad football right now. And I have to admit, Ben, I'm glad you mentioned the other point that you made against the Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm really looking forward to see. The Dolphins' offense going up against the Dallas against the Cowboys' defense. I'm looking forward to that, and also it helps us also understand where is the Dolphins in terms of serious contenders for the Super Bowl because they haven't really beaten a good team this year yet so far. So I'm actually curious to what they have to say. Justin Kraft is joining us now. So Justin, what about them Cowboys?
2: Yeah, I was uh, really shocked the way they played last night. I really thought it was going to be pretty close. I thought the Eagles were going to come out. Fly Eagles fly, but they did not. They look like a flightless bird uh, last night offensively. And that Dallas defense, they just are humming on all cylinders, it just looks like right now. The way they've been able to get to the quarterback the last couple of games, especially the way they were able to pressure Jalen Hurts last night. And like the both of you were saying is Jalen Hurts looks a little rattled when he gets pressure on his face right away, right when he gets the ball in his hands, and he's like, oh, man, hey, what am I going to do? I can't find any of my guys open down the field, and i got to try and use my legs, but the Cowboys just have – you know, Parsons on the outside, and they got a lot of explosive guys as well on their front four that can really, you know, get off the ball right away and are just very fast on the outside and get to Hurts, and that's what really happened to this Eagles offense. But the one thing that I thought was really funny from watching the game last night is I don't know why the, you know, offensive coordinator, whoever he is, he looked like Luke Getze last night. Uh, Oh, Brian uh, Johnson? Yes, Brian Johnson. There were two fans that... um, I think we're at the game, or us from like a past game, and they were holding up a poster that said Eagles, please run the ball. Honestly, they I did think, run the ball, but, but I just think they need to run the ball more. They ran it Swift like twenty-four times, while. and they're trailing. What do you want them to do? Well, I think you got to be doing that when it's close or when you're in the game. You can't be doing it when they you're They were trailing. down
0: by what? 17 at halftime? They yes. were down by a lot. I know they were down. Yeah, 24-6 at the
2: half. Yes, yes. Two scores. But at the same time, it's like they got to find a way to get this balanced attack. It looks like the last couple of games, they've been relying too much on Jalen Hurts, and they haven't been using Swift. And I like that they incorporated, you know, Gainwell into the game last night, but I feel like they like, they got to get more balance. It seems like the last couple of weeks, especially last night, losing by 20 to the Cowboys, it just looks like the Eagles are kind of falling apart. They're that one team at the top of the NFC that has got a lot of flaws, a lot of question marks. Because mm-hmm. right now Dallas is humming offensively. I agree with you on what you said about Dak Prescott, you know, being up there right now as a close. One B in my eyes, because if Tyreek Hill goes over 2,000 yards, he deserves the MVP. There's just, they're
0: still going to somehow come yes, up with an excuse yes, to not give it to I him. know.
2: It's the NFL for you. Yeah, they need Probably to get away be the, the quarterback years, award. But yes, for sure. Sure, so yeah, we yeah. can
1: say that. Yeah, to, to a
2: non-MVP.
0: Yes. Non-QB MVP.
1: Sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah, Adrian
0: Peterson was the last one yep. to win it. That was a non-quarterback. Yes, but your- I will say this for the very last thing. It's very interesting, because as we're in the dog days of the NFL right now, the Eagles look pretty bad, yeah, and the Lions look really bad. So it's going to be interesting as the season sort of wraps <laughs> yeah. up. And yeah, and hey,
2: I do want to just comment real quick. Yes. I love the shirt you're wearing, you know. And well, I'm Walter allowed to Payton. be happy here. Yes, and there. I know. I'm very happy too. The way, the way the Bears are playing right now, and you never know. Hey, if they win, they're not. The table, they're not, the making, the they're the not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. Hey. Because <laughs> they're not beating the Browns. Because right. because we are on the radio, he is wearing a Walter Payton shirt.
1: Well, yes, fa- yes. people have yes. absolutely no idea what shirt you are wearing.
0: <laughs> Walter Payton to be a Hall of Famer,
2: that I might add. I
1: w- I was gonna say he last thing. He needs to be already. I'm um, sure he's not
2: even in there already. Walter Payton? Yeah. He's Walter Payton's a Hall of Famer. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's already a Hall. Oh of Oh my he's long, lord! Long, I, long I know he was played a long in the I'm '80s. In there, I, I know. I. I would, I don't um, know, I just played. All right, thanks. Like please take say, over. Hey, We're not you... having this <laughs>
1: conversation. The last, back to the, why it's so important for the Cowboys to be home through Dallas. It's not even like AT&T Stadium. It's a good crowd, and it's Jerry it's rolled it's giant, but it's not like you fear going to play there um and, and for the Cowboys at home I don't think they fear going to San Francisco that's not a raucous environment Philly may be a different story they've got crazy fans but just for whatever reason that indoor stadium the Cowboys just numbers wise play so much better at home they're six no at home this season mm-hmm. and listen to the point totals they've put up 33 41 45 49 43 38 30 that's 30 or more in every home game, and they've only given up more than 20 points at home once, and that was last week to Seattle, 41-35. Yeah. And then last year, Dallas, they lost one singular time at home, and that was a game to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first game of the season. So they've they've won every home game since week one of 2022. They're just dominant at home. Um, I don't think teams want to go play there. Even though it's not a crazy environment, they just play great at home, and that's... That's, I think, a little bit scarier for a team like Philly, for maybe even San Francisco going there as opposed to getting them in your building where you can maybe rattle McCarthy and Prescott.
2: Yeah, I just want to see how they finish out the season, because they still have a pretty tough like four games to finish out the season. You got the Bills, and then you got Miami, and then you still got Detroit. Yes, you got the Commanders. That's a know, win. Yeah, season finale. But honestly, they still got three out of their next four that's pretty tough, so... I don't know. We'll see. I think the Niners right now have it locked up for For the, the Commanders? The one seed.
0: All you got to do is throw the ball. That's yep. it.
2: Yep. We'll see. I
0: mean, it's a secondary Swiss cheese. I mean, it's bad. All right. Last topic for the day is Kansas City Chiefs fans. They may be salty, but you know what? You should, don't be blaming that one call on yeah. the officials. I'm sorry, but Kadarius Toney was lined yeah. up two inches yeah. ahead of Jawan Taylor, who's an offensive lineman. <laughs> you really want to tell me how you should be called? You should be given a warning that was so egregious that offsides. You should have known yeah. it was offsides from the get-go. And by the way, I blame this on Matt Nagy. I blame this on Matt Nagy. His mere presence, just being there has made the Kansas City Chiefs look like garbage. And with all that being said, Ben, do you really think this Kansas City Chiefs team could even Get to the Super Bowl with this lack of weapons.
1: It's it's tough for me to say so because I just can't trust anyone not named Travis Kelsey. I like Rasheed Rice, um, but I don't know if I like him mean, like as a rookie and a wide receiver one. Kadarius Toney sucks. Marquez Valdez-Scaling sucks. Justin Watson. Justin Watson every once in a while has like a real catch, but the other two. Hey, you every,
0: forgot the other one. You forgot one other that cannot catch and cannot get open. His name is Sky Moore.
1: Oh yeah, he's yeah uh, he's yeah really yeah. That it's, is it is rough, Um, especially when it felt like throughout the off season that there was every opportunity for the Chiefs to add a pass catcher, um, and they did not. Can you imagine? I know he's fallen off a little bit, but if they're like, the Chiefs have tried a little bit harder to bring in like Adam Thielen or something like that. I know he Thielen has not been as crazy recently, but still like. A guy like that's a security blanket, and you have that at least taking coverage away. Um, or even there were other examples, too. Maybe they could go and get like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what the money situation was, but still, they need another pass catcher. Um, you're relying too much on Patrick Mahomes to just make it work with whoever. But it's like, can they go blow for blow with a Miami or even a Baltimore team? I know the defense for Kansas City looks good, but like the offenses for the rest of the AFC are just better to beat a good defense to where I don't think... I don't think Kansas City would be able to keep up for the most part um, with a a top Miami. I know they beat Miami over the season, but I have to think in a playoff setting that Miami's offense will look even better. And now Kansas City probably going to have to go on the road where some of these younger players have not played a road playoff game yet. I mean, Patrick Mahomes hasn't played a road playoff game yet. So it's it's hard for me when you look at how good the AFC is in general to say – I don't, I don't want to bet against Patrick Williams, but it's hard to say that they're going to go to the Super Bowl when there's just no reliable every-down weapon not named Travis Kelsey. And even Travis Kelsey um, has had a couple down games because defense are putting so much attention towards him just because they don't respect the other wide receivers. So it's it's tough. They clearly miss Eric Bieniemy. I mean, if, if, if oh, anything, it's sure. like Bieniemy had all the disrespect for the years because no one wanted to give him a head coaching gig. Now, I mean, he's probably as happy as anyone just because it shows how much of an impact he had on that offense. All right.
0: I will say this. First of all, I do not believe the Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs this year. That's number one. I do not believe they will even get close. I think they're a first-round travesty, in my opinion, because this yep. offense is anemic. It is bad beyond belief. There are so many drops on this offense. My, I mean, my lord. I mean, that's like the first thing as a football player you should know how to do as a wide receiver is catch the ball. Okay? That's number one. Now, in Kansas City's favor, they have the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers. The Chargers, who knows what's going on with Justin Herbert, so you get to go up against Easton Stick, whoever that is. And by the way, that's a hockey stick uh, brand, if that's that's the pun, by the way, if you guys didn't get that last night. Mm. Um, The Raiders are a disaster. Um, The Patriots, they're very good defensively, but offensively they have a lot left to be desired. And the Bengals have actually looked very good offensively with Jake Browning, so that actually may be a tricky game depending on um, if – Drew Tranquil will be back for the Kansas City Chiefs because they miss him a lot right now because Nick Bolton just got back yesterday and he looked very rusty, and rightfully so. He he just got back from his injury. But I will say this right now. You mentioned this, Ben, and I am glad you mentioned this. Marquez Valdez-Ganling should be a healthy scratch for the rest of the season. This dude cannot catch. Unless it is against his body, he cannot catch. It is that simple. He has only played, keep in mind, with future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, right? It is pretty impressive, actually, how mediocre he has been his entire career. Now, the few moments he actually is involved in the game plan or where he actually does something, they're usually negative plays. So, and that actually happened to be the case. I believe it was the it was during the second quarter, third down situation. The Chiefs actually needed 12 yards. Patrick Mahomes was looking for Marquez Valdez-Scantling to sort of break off the route and in the zone soft spot, Right. What is Marquez Valdes going to do? He goes flat. That's exactly what he does. Another, yet again, another miscommunication for this team. So, for all the Chiefs fans to just blame the last play of the game why they lost, you guys need to look at the entire game and how many penalties, drops, miscommunications. Not just that last play, because did the Bills play that great of a game? They did not. But the Chiefs played worse, in my opinion.
1: Don't fall behind 14 nothing at home if you want the yep. game to come down to refs. Like it, exactly. it's There's so many, like, like I said, it's I know the Bills are a good team, and they'll they'll come out sometime to hit you in the mouth, but it's, it's an era, it's of stadium. You have Patrick Mahomes on your side, don't fall behind 14 nothing.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say this, too, is you could really tell yesterday when they got down 14 nothing, it looked like they were just putting too much weight on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. And I think with the Chiefs moving forward, if they want to figure it out and – Hopefully they don't fall apart and hopefully they win the division because you never know the Broncos yeah, the Broncos are, Broncos are, only are one game behind back. them. Yeah, with the win yesterday against the Chargers. So you never know. Anything's up for grabs. That would be something if the Chiefs were to lose the division and our wild card team, I think Mahomes would be uh, throwing more than just a fit. But, um, just a they, fit. They really miss Isaiah Pacheco, I feel like. Isaiah Pacheco has really been their bread and butter when they haven't been getting anything going in the passing game with Mahomes. And, you know, finding Travis Kelsey because that's the one target that they have. First and, of all,
0: don't disrespect Rasheed Rice yeah, like okay, that. Yeah, okay,
2: he's been all right, but he's not a guy that's going to go get five, I'd, I'd say at least eight to 11 receptions and put up flashy numbers, 80 you he's know, to 100 plus good. yards receiving. Yes, okay. He's, he's a good receiver. He's not a number one, but, but he's, a pretty he's pretty good. One guy. But he's being asked to be a number one. Right. Yes, yes. That's the front office's fault. Too much for yeah. him, yes. It's a, it's a lot on the front office. They did not put together you know uh the pieces to really make this team uh playoff potential and potentially winning a super bowl again compared to teams past that the chiefs have had this is just not you know one of their you know great teams like they've had and really i just feel like it's going to be too much and i wouldn't i like what you threw in there the the little pun about the Travosity or however it's going to be you know they're going to fall apart uh, <laughs> oh my lord! I, yeah, I really think that they honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if they're first round exit. They lose in you know. The divisional, or if they do get to the AFC Championship game and play like that the would Ravens, be a miracle. That would be a miracle. I'd be very shocked. I, if I, I don't, I it, don't it,
1: know if I can say miracle. Just say the best player in the game in Patrick Mahomes. Yes, but like, yeah, but you know do you I,
0: see I, how yeah. they're losing though? That's the I,
1: thing. I I get it, and I I am not picking the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl in their no, current form, either. but it's almost just where like you give them the benefit of the doubt, like when Brady made it or almost made it to a Super Bowl with Kemble Tompkins and yes. young Julian Edelman, and the, you know what I mean. Like I feel like they've earned that at that point to where. If they're going to have the quarterback advantage over like Tua to Tunga-Vailoa, would yes. I be shocked if they beat Absolutely. Miami in the second round? No. Would I pick that? At least not right now. But are you picking like, the
0: Ravens over the Chiefs? I, I am. would, too, yes. Yeah. Yes, I would, so, but okay. that, that's I think, think the way
1: things are shaping out could maybe be an AFC Championship game matchup. Could the Chiefs take down um, the Bills or the Dolphins or whoever that wraps up in the first or second round? Yes, I think it's possible. But last thing I'll say about this, I don't think they're going to lose the division, but it is certainly much more possible now because Denver's last four games – They go to Detroit on Saturday, which should be a really fun game. But Mm -hmm. that's the only that's the best team they're going to face because after that, the final three for Denver: the Patriots at home, Easton Stick, and the Chargers at home. And then they play Aiden O'Connell. So, like, that's yeah, they should they should basically win out at the very at the very least win three out of four. I'm not going to pick them to win in Detroit. I think Detroit gets a bounce back alpha two after the loss, two out of three losses. Um, but like the, the 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 Broncos have beat the Chiefs once, so I don't know exactly who would win the tiebreaker, but. Could, could Kansas City, if they drop one more game, maybe they find a way to lose to Jake Browning-led Bengals? I guess that's really the only option. Could, could Denver steal one? Yeah, sure, maybe. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I do want to take these last five-ish minutes to conclude the existence yeah. of Around the Waves. It has been, wow, quite a journey. I will admit. I mean, the, I have been on this show since the very get go. It was just me and Ryan when yep. we began, and I have to admit that I, I think it just mm-hmm. happened on accident. I don't think it was ever meant to like be a show. And Ryan came up with a show name, by the way. I did not. I, my show names. I'm not to look at my document. They were some of the dumbest names.
1: I've I've gone <laughs> I've gone back and listened <laughs> to the very first episode yeah, that you guys did it. long before I came in. I went yeah. back at Spotify. It's just it's funny to look at because I think like. Y- not no disrespect, but like it comes in and you guys are like peeking. It's so loud and it's scratchy. Really, yeah. If you go go back and listen, I to listen to that. It's kind of funny just wow, to compare man. like no, from then funny. to now and like all this stuff that's changed. <laughs> it is it is kind of funny. Obviously, go as a freshman, like I'm producing a, a radio show. To then that you were goes here on. your freshman year. I, I was not. No, I was. Oh, not. okay. I, was I did say. the the one you guys brought me on for the first time was the last show of our freshman year. Really, you had me on once and then I came on full time starting sophomore year.
0: I don't remember.
1: Yeah. Wow. I, I remember because it was the very first show, and you guys had me talk hockey. And as you all know, I'm not a hockey person. <laughs> that so sounds and like I, me. I was like, okay, I want to be on the show. Like I want to first show with these guys. Like, I'll study up. I had a bunch of notes on the, on the NHL having not Hold watched it Hold on. I'm going to have to listen back. Yeah, would you remember the, <laughs> the, the topic? It would have it been. I don't know the topic. It would have been the first show back in May of, of 2021, I'll, I'll, it it could have been the playoffs. On, let me, let me it could have been the playoffs.
0: You should, if you find it, let me know because that is funny. Uh, I have to admit that, you know, that is something I would do without <laughs> even knowing someone's previous knowledge about the NHL, knowing Ben, he probably said something blasphemous like, I don't I, know, Devin Dubnik is a hmm. Hall of Famer, and that dude disappeared off the face of the earth after the Blackhawks beat them in 2015, the second round of the playoffs. So, I
1: did I did prior research. I don't I don't know what we would have been talking in May because, what, that's getting close to playoff time, isn't it? For yeah. For the NHL, yeah, because they're right yeah. on. The, so, yeah. But, yes, I, I remember that, and then obviously came on doing all this stuff full-time, sophomore year. Yeah, you know, so- Ben,
0: just because you mentioned that, you know what we should do? I should have you on for a Mizzou hockey episode talking about the NHL draft this upcoming year. I would hey, love to see someone look so clueless. It I could be...
1: not I cannot tell you a single name in the Really? I, I was, not one? No, I'm not I'm
2: not, yeah, a I'm like, not like that either. Wow. I just know, the teams, you know my talents. Mean. I'm to almost the other done sports. watching
0: some film, so it's actually kind of cool that I'm gonna be able to talk really soon about some of these uh these players. No, they're not like as loaded as the last draft, but it's always fun to just watch some of these kids uh, and just yeah. get their dream come true at 18 years old. Yep. It's crazy. D- yeah.
1: devote my time to baseball and football. That's fine. That's I mean, me yeah. you you
0: watch the in season NBA tournament too. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was fun stuff. Yeah, I'll like you. I, I'm a person who sits through like all 162 MLB games of the season. And I do you actually? If if so, if I'm not <laughs> doing something, I will watch every Reds game. Oh
0: my lord, that's yeah. impressive, Ben. Because I because I know can't Adam that. watches at strange. least probably three-quarters of the Cardinals yeah. game, no matter how bad they are.
1: I yeah, watch, like, I if, is, is like, Vikings games, I will go out of my way to make sure I am on the oh, couch watching the game. Yeah, MLB, last night, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was worse. But, <laughs> like, MLB, if I have something during the game, so what? But if I'm not, then, yeah, I watch all ones all yeah. to if possible, Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I'm, I'm dialed into football and, and baseball. Certainly not the hockey person that you tried hmm. to make me that, that first show. In yeah, that was a fail on my end. And then <laughs> ju-
2: Justin full-time this year. Yeah. yeah. Hey, no, it's been great. Graduating been in five be, days. Yeah, yeah I Yeah, you're graduating. Graduation right around the corner, yeah, this Saturday. So it's been a pleasure. I'm glad that you guys, you know, allowed me to come in full-time after Ryan departed and graduated. We love that man to death. But, uh, gone, it, gone but not forgotten. Yeah, gone but not forgotten. I knew he was the brains behind the operation of getting the name. I, I was gonna ask about that. Who came up with the name? But I should have known it was Ryan, and not you. No, I'm just kidding. I know. Yeah. You, I know you're smart. You got a pea-sized brain. But no, I'm just kidding. Big brain. You big just brain.
0: said that over the FCC airwaves. <laughs> no, I'm
2: kidding. Hey, everybody. You wow. know already, Luca is my brother for life, BFF. <laughs> I love this man to death. Can I believe
0: this is going on the (laughs) (laughs) airwaves?
2: The the final minute of Around the Way. Yeah, this is terrible. We got to, you know, let it all out. But it's been an enjoyment. It's been a ton of fun. I'm going to miss these days of being on the air with these two, you know, great guys. And, uh, you know, we're so excited for our future endeavors and what we do from, you know, here on out. These two don't graduate for another semester. I graduate on Saturday. But it's been great. And, uh couldn't have asked, you know, for anything else uh, to be a part of, and uh, just you know, what what a, what a podcast around the waves. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna
1: have
0: to listen to some <laughs> of these. Just, <laughs> just, just, go, yeah, go
2: back I, and listen to the very first one.
1: You should. I yeah. should. I don't even I, know go what go we was. I wasn't, to that I wasn't too. even. I I've listened to the very Good first holidays. one that was just you and Ryan just to hear, and then I've listened really? to the first one I was on, and then. Huh. Oh, by the way, this. I think if if you're like, because you do the documents that we have our, our show outlines on, this yeah. final episode is yes. around the ways episode number ninety nine, finished with, with oh, ninety nine eyes. Just just missed out on. Wow. Yep.
0: I didn't even notice. Wow, huh. it's pro- right. that's possible. I re- I miscounted at a point too. So yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Who knows? I, I'm not a math, but anyway, what um, a time. we'll be gone. But if you guys want to catch me anywhere. Mizzou hockey is growing like crazy. I love me some Mizzou hockey. By the way, we're number eight in the in D three. By the way, wow, right now, that's in case good. You, in case you guys didn't did know, not know that, catch Mizzou hockey TV weekly. Okay, Ben, where are you doing next?
1: Uh, I mean, I'll be all at KOMU next semester doing more sports stuff. So that's if, you, good. if you want if you want to see me on TV a little bit, that that'd be the place to go. But, good. Yeah, I'm watching every stuff. night. Yeah, and Appreciate I'll possibly
2: <laughs> be in uh, North Platte, Nebraska. If you want to tune in to. Good old NBC2 Nebraska plenty team, for uh, Plenty of things to do in yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, some weather and some news. Congrats, so. man. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that will wrap up around the waves forever. Yes. So We love you thank, all. Yeah, love you all. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, and goodbye for the last time. <laughs>